Hello, dear friends. I'm happy to tell you that today in the Latra TV studio we greet the esteemed Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. Hello. Igor Mikhailovich, today I'd like to talk to you about the subject of double standards of consciousness. It's that case when the system discredits those actions which are certainly threatening the system itself. And today I'd like to designate the topic of our today's program. It is double standards of consciousness. The topic is very extensive, the topic is very broad, and it relates both to the processes which take place in the world community and to people's daily life. And this is both what happens in families and what happens at work, when the scheme of the system's operation is basically the same, sort of universal, when a person says one thing, thinks a totally different thing at this moment, and acts according to a third scenario. And it's surprising that there is such a situation in the world community today that almost all people live by such double standards, by double morals. And new generations already take this for granted, that it is sort of supposed to be like this, that… And what's wrong with it? However, is that which is happening today really so harmless? And why does it happen at all? Where do these double standards come from? As a matter of fact, this is actually nourishment of egoism and a desire to seem, but not to be. Many people certainly mitigate their responsibility in such a way. We often hear phrases at all levels that doesn't matter what I have promised. And surely, sometimes such relationships, such relationships always lead to conflicts. One party believes that it will now look better in the eyes of another party, and that certainly no one will find this out, no one will feel it, yet the other party certainly feels it. Double standards are always there. When the system defends its interests, it does something itself and blames others. Right, and this always causes, you know, this always ruins relationships with people. Well, for sure. Such double standards, yes. Certainly, of course. Yes. Well, today, also in this topic, I would like to begin perhaps with the fact that recently two very significant programs were released on Alatra TV. It's the program Sex and the Spiritual Path and the program Night of the Spirit. And indeed, people will probably not be able to appreciate and understand them anytime soon. However, what interesting point was noticed in these two programs? That the reaction of people's consciousness to certain subjects which were raised was interesting. You are right. Pardon me for interrupting. But precisely in these two programs, double standards were highlighted very well. Yes. And, in particular, what we notice is that in the first program, Sex and the Spiritual Path, it was told about female groups, about peace-loving groups, about the heavenly birds. But these are not just peace-loving groups. These are the groups that devote their lives, just like it is in many people's heads. Oh, they do nothing there. They have sex and sit in meditations. Not meditations, but spiritual practices. These are different things. Well, as for what we have already talked about, we won't repeat ourselves. However, the point of these groups is exactly in helping those who want to live, to gain this life. What can be more peace-loving, more blissful, when a person devotes her entire life to other people? And not simply devotes, actually, 
This is extremely difficult. Regarding this matter, I believe we should explain a little bit to people. Just imagine, you are in the most terrible conditions. Well, let's put it simply. You are sitting in a bathtub full of some acid, which is slowly eroding your body. You don't have air to breathe. It's extremely painful and difficult for you. But you continue to sit there in order to tell people how to walk across the swamp correctly and not to drown. If you leave, well, let's say your torturous place where you are suffering, many people will just drown in the swamp. Excuse me for such an example, but this is for banal, simple understanding. So, those who gain life while staying here, they feel much worse than a person who is sitting in, well, let's say, such a vessel or bathtub that erodes his body. This is for assessment and understanding. When a person has attained life, nothing holds him here except his conscience. This should be understood. After all, speaking of those very heavenly birds, they could leave at any moment, but they stayed. While to stay in three-dimensionality, to remain under pressure, I mean, under pressure of the material world, remaining aware of all this injustice and all this, well, unpleasant sensations, so to say. It's hard to express them. There aren't even such comparisons in order to understand this. Any physical pain is temporary, it cannot last. Well, let's say, for years, and sometimes even for decades. And when a person having, let's say, enough food, dooms himself or herself to very harsh starvation, well, starvation, clearly, well, for those who know what it is, it's much worse than physical pain. Nevertheless, people go for this in order for others to live. That's why in the program Sex and the Spiritual Path, We've compared them to female divers who get pearls and the like. However, many people haven't understood. Consciousness snapped into action. Again, the double standards of consciousness. Yes. That something valuable is obtained, is given to people so that society, the community, would live. Well, sort of, yes, everything's fine and wonderful, but people don't understand that these divers are at constant risk. When they hold their breath, pardon me, their chest is bursting. They must be there so that their children and husbands as well would have food. Meaning, well, we always measure our own pain, but we don't see the pain of others. Double standards again. And there are a lot of such things. This is what relates to the topic of the heavenly birds. Well, I believe we'll return to them later. What was actually surprising is that since you gave this information, which you said that these are the heavenly birds who procure the pearls for people, and thanks to whom people surely feel spiritual freedom and freedom from the devil in their heads. It's those 
who are ready to accept this gift. After all, this gift doesn't go to everyone. What the heavenly birds hand over can only be accepted and felt by those who live exactly by God's love. And only they can get filled with what is handed over, but not those who live to the devil's dictation. While those who live to the devil's dictation, what do they feel from this? People's consciousness begins to suffer because of the very fact that there are people who bring the powers of Allah here. Why? Because the system suffers. If we speak the language of religion, Satan himself suffers. Naturally, all his demons suffer too. This is unpleasant. That's why it provokes indignation. Yes, this provokes a great rebellion. And you know, even people who work on themselves have noticed how alien these insertions are and how consciousness was rebelling. And most interestingly, yes, people who really work on themselves still heard these insertions that this isn't good, this isn't nice. And what are the accusations? What bad have they done, right? They live for people, they suffer, they stay here for the sake of giving life to others. And how does people's consciousness evaluate this? That they, villains, have sex. Guys, and what do you do? A simple question. You don't have sex? You masturbate? Or are you busy with thoughts in your heads? Well, isn't it so? Or is everyone in celibacy? Who exactly judges? Those who precisely have a more rackish lifestyle. Isn't that so? However, this resonates in their heads. They see and feel one thing, that which is being felt, while consciousness immediately begins to treat aggressively what they feel. Otherwise, what is felt might allow that little angel to gain freedom. Freedom from whom? Freedom from the dictatorship of consciousness. And right here, consciousness starts switching on double standards. What you do is good, because it's you who does this. While they are villains, they have sex. However, sex for them is like a tool, like a little step. Isn't it so? Right. And what do these people do? They satisfy their animal and simply feed the system in vain. Isn't that so? Spirituality for show. Of course. However, the system activated immediately. And it's good that you have noticed this. People who really engage in their spiritual development, who stand firmly on the path, even they hear the insertions of consciousness. But they are already aware that consciousness is not them and consciousness doesn't belong to them. It's exactly the system's tool by means of which the system precisely controls the little angel, meaning the one who you actually are. In this case, the system for people to understand is the devil, Iblis, and so on. And he manipulates people this way. And through consciousness, he tries to impose on the personality that this is bad and not good, that they are villains, while in actual fact, indignation is precisely about the fact that Thanks to these heavenly birds, the system experiences discomfort and sometimes even quite distinctly. And it is forced to release many people from its power. Well, let's put it mildly. However, the other video was released. Right. This is certainly an interesting observation as well, because indeed, the second video, Night of the Spirit, was released, where information about male groups was disclosed, about the groups which engage in power sexual practices where men have sex with one another. 
And it was talked exactly about that influence, and we specified on historical examples and generally that this is what takes… Starting from ancient times into this day. Yes, that which takes place even nowadays. Of course. Surely, these are groups, well, to put it bluntly, which bring death. And what else do they bring? It's when individuals just rule the majority of people, basically the population… Certainly. …of today's planet, the humankind. And we gave the very examples of Hitler, Alexander of Macedonia and Caesar, when millions of people, millions of potential angels were actually killed. And what is striking is that human consciousness has responded to this information with relative calmness. Consciousness of people who had heard about the female groups reacted violently. But it was absolutely quiet when it had heard about the male groups. Yet, friends, let's compare. Let's just imagine a female group and a male group. A female group that makes, well, love to one another. Well, they make love. They have fun. And now let's imagine sweaty, hairy men. And what are the goals and objectives? These ones live for people. They bring here something that gives life and nothing more. They give people an opportunity to live, especially in the time of the crossroads. But consciousness is outraged. It's impossible. What can they influence there? To postpone somehow, to give time to people. And the last hour will not come? This is what consciousness does, but it's a fact. Whereas these sweaty, hairy men actually do it using different practices, really harsh secret practices, in order to raise a demon in one of them. Not in all of them but in the one who makes a deal. Well, as they say, right? It's not that he signed some agreement in blood, absolutely not. Everything is much simpler, at a mental level, and much harsher. And having raised this demon, he then becomes an Alexander of Macedonia, a Hitler, and many others. And these Alexanders of Macedonia and Hitlers not only kill a great number of people, but they also influence your consciousness to such an extent that you cringe before them to this day. Isn't that so? Who was outraged by this picture? No one. So what's wrong with you? Pardon me, guys. I'm addressing those who got extremely outraged. I can say honestly, you are liars and hypocrites. Why are you outraged by the beauty of the flowers? And this horror, which is too sickening to imagine, is this really honest? If we just stop and think about it, right? But in fact, it is so. And now we have touched upon an interesting topic. The topic of cultivation of the 13th. After all, consciousness again says to its dictation, what are they talking about? This is all nonsense. Guys, this is true. This is the reality which you simply don't see because no one shows it to you. 
And since you don't see it, it means you are too lazy to work on your consciousness, on your spiritual development, right? Consciousness dictates to you how to live. It means you don't live because it lives instead of you. While in you, there is only hustle, problems, and illusory happiness, which you wait for, which you strive for, and which will come sometime. It will never come. As long as you are controlled by the devil, you will run all your life like a donkey runs after a carrot. Until you give everything of your life to the last drop, to these very demons. This is also true. And now let's consider how it influences today. Let's begin with simple things. After all, consciousness is different in people. Someone has a stronger demon, someone has a weaker one. At that, it should be understood that there is a rigid hierarchy in the invisible world. Someone always obeys someone else, and there is a constant fight for power there. Why? because of a fatter piece, as we mentioned in the previous program, and this is really so. And let's have a look. Let's take a small group of children in a class or wherever else. And what do we see? A leader appears among teenagers. He isn't really intelligent, doesn't have physical strength, but he forms a certain group. Who is closer to him, as a rule? People who are much more intelligent and much stronger physically. And such a group of youth is formed. Yet, does this leader urge them to anything good? To some real development of themselves as humans? Or to getting education or something else? No. When such groups are formed, hooliganism begins. He destroys discipline, yes. Drugs, alcohol, sex, and many other things. Why does this happen? Have you thought of that? A simple question. As a rule, the organizer of this group, as I've already said, is weaker than those who obey him, both physically and intellectually. Well, everything is very simple. His demon is much stronger than the demons of these gophers. That's why they bow down before him. And the same takes place in adulthood at work, in politics, and everywhere. So, what did psychologists come up with? Not knowing how to explain this phenomenon, because it goes beyond all reasonable limits, to explain by aggression. Well, how can one manifest aggression towards stronger guys? It won't work. They will suppress aggression. Yes, indeed. The fact that intellectually he... It won't work. Because people with a much better education and who are much more developed intellectually obey him. They have invented a term, it is called charisma. You have all heard of it, right? Yes, of course. This person has charisma. And what is charisma? An ability to lead people, as it is believed. It is believed so. Yes. An ability to lead. Yet, as a matter of fact, what is charisma? Charisma is a certain status of a demon, which he acquires by means of obedience of others. And here's a paradox. The more they obey him, the higher the rank he holds in his hierarchy. That's how he is raised. And when a male group has... After all, we talked merely about the groups that use sex, use certain rituals and... Well, as a rule, these are signs, fire circles, 
Not that they draw circles, it's a little different. It's an allegory, a fire circle. However, there are those who use bloody rituals as well. Yes. Bloody rituals are actually needed to make the first step. And whom do they use? As a rule, babies before the eighth day. The gender doesn't matter. Why? Because the soul enters the body on the eighth day. And again, it comes down to the ninth day. Once, I already mentioned that. To what extent it is valuable for the system itself? This notion of the ninth day. That's why they use babies precisely before the eighth day. And they use girls in their sacrifices as well. And it is obligatory that she must be a virgin. That is, well, it is believed that if she's a virgin, it means she hasn't had a major surge of a lot yet. Well, and it is believed that it is sealed in her. I don't know why the system has imagined it like that, but it is actually dumb. I beg your pardon, but this is true. Despite all its wisdom, as it may seem, and all its knowledge, a program is a program. For some reason it believes it can be mentioned aloud, and it will still keep believing so, that there is a certain amount of this power in a woman, and it pours out of her a limited amount. And it's enough to take the one who hasn't spilled a drop yet, and it can be taken from her. Yet, what does it actually obtain? Yes, it obtains prana. Speaking the language of the Orient, this is life energy. But as for a lot, the system itself doesn't obtain it anyway. While in their guidelines for conducting these rituals, it is clearly written there. It is written about a lot, about this and about that, and that she mustn't have spilled a single drop before that, and that the group which conducts the ritual can take it all. And they actually make the activation of these signs of theirs happen through a murder. But what is often shown in movies and told about is not quite true. That they cut out one's heart there, kill, and so on. In actual fact, a victim is exposed to a very excruciating and severe death. For what reason? The longer a victim suffers, the more it sort of gives. Well, these are very cruel things, and this is happening, guys, nowadays too. For the sake of what? For someone acquire charisma? And what does he need this charisma for? For dictating you his conditions? And this is worth thinking about. And consciousness doesn't rebel. Why? Because there's logic. Well, a person is just fighting for power, and his friends are helping him. This is normal. Such a hypocrisy among people. Sacrilege. Yes, such double standards as they are. Unfortunately, but this is true, and this is everywhere. Tell me, simply with your hand on your heart, if such a person comes, well, it doesn't matter to what power. Let's say, at your enterprise, Will he do anything according to his conscience if he doesn't have such a notion as conscience? He's a slave, literally a slave of the system itself, because he ceases to be a human. He is empty inside. He is nothing. He only looks like a human from the exterior, but he will always act solely in the interest of the system itself, and it supports such people. Of course, after all, this is beneficial to the devil. The more there are such slaves, the more there are victims. The more there is power, the more it can scare you. Yet, what are the emotions they play with? Take a look. Saj. After all, 
There's a constant play with what? With emotions. People are forced to fear, to be anxious. They are driven under certain conditions. When a person pays very much attention to one or another piece of information, he keeps thinking about it. He goes to bed with it and wakes up with it, in sorrow and in troubles. He starts thinking, and what about tomorrow? Exactly this concern and reflection don't even allow a person to have, well, let's say, the simplest thought about himself. Who am I? Right? Will this thought cross such a person's mind? Surely not, because thoughts are controlled by the system. Well, instead, it will say that you are the best, you feel everything, you understand everything, you know everything. It's amazing how people wish to acquire these qualities which are possessed by the powers that be. These are both oratorical. And do you know what is given? In addition to oratorical abilities and all the rest, these practices actually give a very expanded consciousness. And the first thing these people gain is a feeling of all-encompassing understanding and knowledge. They begin to feel other demons, not to feel people in the spiritual sense, no, but demons in their heads. And they really feel when demons are afraid and when they are not. And while making, let's say, that very speech among a group, doesn't matter. They do feel what kind of a response comes from these, so to say, imps, subordinate to him. And the person knows where to intensify, where to press down and... Whereas those who are aware in his group, because this leader is always tied to this group, they must nourish and strengthen him. For them, he actually becomes an example, almost a god. It's also interesting, Igor Mihailovich, as it actually turns out, the system and those who are under the system use this natural desire of every human to be in freedom. Yes. Use it for under a slogan, freedom from tyranny. In order to... They simply redirect the powers. In order to create a new tyrant, or in order to enslave, right? Or to fight in the external. Yes. After all, what does Satan do? He transforms that very inner aspiration and desire of an angel by means of that very consciousness to an external fight. A fight against whom? Against his own kind. That is, people start fighting and opposing each other. For some reason, it comes to their heads that a person who's in front of me is to blame for the fact that I don't have freedom, so to say. Guys, well, we are now sitting in front of you. You are watching us on your gadgets or on TV, doesn't matter. Tell me, how can we influence your freedom? A simple question. In no way. While the consciousness of some people is trembling. Why? After all, we are not doing anything. We don't have influence. We have nothing to do with, pardon me, the imps in your head. So why do they experience discomfort? They're afraid of being controlled, yes, by anyone. Some of them fall silent. They are afraid of losing power. Power over whom? Over people. What's striking is just that a similar situation takes place not only on such a global scale, it also happens in a family in the first place. It actually happens everywhere. Two people meet and start a fight for domination over each other. Why? Because the devil always measures strength. Well, not the devil, but little imps in the head. They have such a law. But again, this law is transferred to this world. There's a clear hierarchy here. Everyone here must submit to someone and someone must execute. This already comes to idiocy. And if we take a look at what was literally 6,000 years ago, this didn't exist. And this, pardon me, can no longer be concealed 
really cannot be concealed. Why? Because those very archaeological excavations precisely show that there were communities of people who lived in absolute freedom. And there were no wars at all. There are no mentions of any kings or something else. Leaders. Well, isn't that so? Of an organization. And even based on those thematic drawings that were left, they show joint labor, joint recreation, and where are the leaders? They were not shown. While a little bit later, beginning with the Sumerians as we've told, when the flourishing of civilization started, the first state emerged. Meaning when a demon gained power, power over whom? Over you. And that's when everything began. What emerged first? Kings? Rulers? And people became slaves. And until today, who are people? Slaves. Isn't it so, guys? Are you really free? We are absolutely dependent. Dependent on everything in the external. However, everything external is nothing compared to the fact that a human being doesn't have inner freedom. Freedom, precisely from the devil in your head, from that beast which dictates to you. That's what is terrible. And this little angel always strives to break away. Well, as we've already said, the devil used it as its aspiration, as a tool, so that people would start paying attention and feeding thoughts from the system itself, that they have to fight against each other. And people fight against one another, even against those whom they don't know and have never seen. Why? Because someone has told them so. You know, Igor Mikhailovich, it's a great happiness to realize that in our movement, in the Alatra movement, there are people who really feel this inner freedom. Right. And as of today, we should say that there are a lot of them. And the more there are such people, the greater number of people start feeling this freedom. Why? This is a directly proportional dependence. The more there is light, the less there is darkness. This is really so. But again, how does the system react to Alatra itself? After all, it's clear that the movement is scary for the system itself. Why is it scary? Because, well, if we approach this and look what Alatra is, let's put it clearly, right? In a clear language, in the previous program, Night of the Spirit, we talked about the sword that belongs to Allah's most beloved prophet. Yes. To Muhammad. People took notice of the Zulfiqar sword, which you mentioned. They wondered. Right. So, what is Zulfiqar as of today? It's the key with which the Prophet opens hell. In order to send, there are those who oppose the truth. Well, and what is Alatra as of today? It is precisely Zulfiqar against Satan himself, against Iblis himself. This is to make it clear, the very existence of Alatra is extremely unpleasant to him. That's where the firmament comes from. Moreover, the system distinctly reacts to the fact that there is no longer a single country where there wouldn't be Alatra. And no one can explain today, those demons sitting in people's heads 
which are very indignant at Alatra. They cannot explain this growth phenomenon. After all, there have been no organizations which would grow that much within a such a short period of time without someone investing a lot of money there, and so on. Well, I'll say as follows. As of today, Alatra is, let's say, something much purer than the purest diamond. A diamond of amazing clarity is, pardon me, a piece of coal compared to Alatra. Why? Because Alatra has been already checked from all sides by everyone who can and wasn't lazy. Moreover, the system even used its puppets that came in here as intelligence agents, and they have already been everywhere around, and they have checked everything. And they were looking for dirty laundry? Well, the trouble is that Alatra doesn't even have dirty laundry. Well, it is such a pity for those puppets of the system itself. But then, they looked into pockets in search of some funds, yet they didn't put them there. So what can they find there? Well, how can such an organization exist in the system's understanding if no one keeps feeding it financially on purpose? It can. Furthermore, these intelligence agents even peeped under the blanket but didn't see anyone there except themselves. Well, this is very unpleasant for the system itself. And since it is unpleasant for the system, then it naturally provokes certain sort of wariness and a disapproval among those, well, so to say, whom the system commands, right? I'm saying this in such a gentle and careful manner. Well, those who are outraged by Alatra do know, because people say Alatra is, well, and such other things. Yet, what about Alatra? Alatra is the purest as of today. It just cannot be purer. It couldn't have been checked better. On the other hand, there are so many wonderful good people here. This is really so. Let's just look at those projects which people are actually implementing. Right? Right, just... Alatra isn't financed by anyone indeed. And it's done this way on purpose. Why? Because, well, some grants or something else. For us, you cannot imagine how many times they offered us. Well, the point is that if we take a grant from anyone, what do we have to do to fulfill his desires? Interests, yes. And what interests will he represent? Of the spiritual world? Or, pardon me, of this one who's drawn with horns? Well, obviously, not of the spiritual world. Well, isn't that so? It is. And why would we need this? After all, we are free people, and people are capable of anything. And Alatra precisely shows that people are capable of anything. They unite and implement such projects which few are able to implement today, even in the largest organizations and in the richest ones. Isn't that so? Well, let's take, for instance, that very universal grain project. It's a tremendous project in which thousands and thousands of people have been involved. Which is one of a kind. It's just one of a kind. People don't understand how such a project can be implemented without funding, without grants, as you have said. And there's a simple question. Why do we need funding? and grants when people do it themselves. And they do it all from the bottom of their hearts. They do it for other people and for themselves as well. The main motive is simply love. And the main motive is simple. The main motive in this case is love for God. It is respect for each other. It is unity. However, unity, pardon me, not to the dictation of Satan, but unity in freedom and in love, unity in the truth. And what makes Alatra different? The fact 
that Alatra is precisely the truth. Alatra, pardon me, is precisely God's love. Although this fills many people with indignation, and some start saying that Alatra is a sect, and so on. Igor Mihailovich, you know, some clergymen of various religions exactly say and blame the Alatra movement for the fact that it's a sect. Well, of course they do. What will you say? What is your opinion? Is Alatra a sect or not? Let me explain in a simple and yes. clear way, okay? Well, I think I'll be forgiven if I say something wrong. I mean no harm, honestly. Alatra cannot be a sect. It just cannot be. I will explain why. Let's begin step by step. What is a sect? A sect or a sequestrum is a fragment of something whole, right? In fact, this is not an offensive word. It is, it is natural and understandable. But how do they scare people? If you got into a sect, everything will be taken away from you. You'll be a slave, you will work, and you will only do what they say. So, in general, there's no life. Well, isn't that so? Well, this is a notion imposed on a sect. And what is a sect in reality? A sect is a fragment of the whole. Just that. Hence, guys, there is no single religion today that is not a sect. Yet, how is it understood in our society? For example, there is a certain religion and someone, well, split off from it, established his own branch, this is already a sect, where the religion is used, right? And so on. If someone split off from them, it means this is a sect of a sect. Concerning this is exactly… Of course, since they measure with yardsticks of consciousness. And let's take a somewhat broader look. Prophets came and brought the true knowledge. They brought the true knowledge. Every prophet brought grains of the truth here, in the amount of 27. There are historical confirmations of that. Whoever wants will find. In modern religions, all of them, only two grains are used. Question. And where are the other 25? I explain, 25 grains of the truth which had been brought by prophets were removed by people who established a sect, meaning an organization. Why a sect? The truth is one for everyone, and it unites everyone. However, an organization was established based on this truth with rejection of those freedoms and everything else that wouldn't have allowed for a creation of an organization. In this context, an organization implies sort of a business enterprise. Well, such a transatlantic one, preferably embracing the entire world and so on. There's nothing offensive here. I don't mean anything bad, honestly. In this case, I'm just explaining, and this is true, and if we take all religions of the world, all of them, and remove people, parishioners, as they are called, from these religions, what will remain? They are, will remain buildings with a lot of employees. Employees are those who live at the expense of these parishioners. It is clear that in many religions there is business today, and quite serious one, which is controlled by employees, but it's parishioners who work there. Having removed parishioners, what do we see? This is true. Enterprises, buildings, and employees. It turns out that 
having established a sect, that is, having separated a fragment from the true knowledge, in their time people established business enterprises on the basis of those two grains, which were embedded and brought into the truth itself, into the very essence, right? That is, what was supposed to be free and open was eventually becoming closed with a very rigid hierarchy. Isn't it so? As for hierarchy, we've just discussed whom hierarchy belongs to. Well, some people will say, well, how is it possible not to have a hierarchy at an enterprise, in an organization? Guys, and what about Alatra? After all, there is no hierarchy here. There are responsible persons or coordinators of certain projects. There certainly are, and there should be, but they don't possess power. They're in charge of, are responsible for the activity which they are involved in. What does it mean, they are responsible? Consciousness of any person is Satan's tool. We are repeating this a thousandth time or more already. In the system, meaning that very Iblis, Satan, will always seek, especially in good projects which are done from the soul, from people to people, to change commas in order to alter the meaning in the system's favor. And so these coordinators, responsible people, are exactly needed for implementing a certain project properly and ensuring that commas are in their places so that Goy wouldn't cheat here or the system wouldn't interfere. Right? Right. Further on, where is power? If we remove people from Alatra, nothing will remain. That is, moreover, in Alatra, there are 27 grains. Those who enjoy calculating can calculate, can do some research. I believe that says it all. Yes. And now let's consider the following point. Perhaps I'll describe it allegorically, pardon me, but this is to make it clear for your consciousness, so that it wouldn't argue. There's the spiritual path, that is, we need to go from point A to point B, okay? Yes. This is a road, a wide road. And what is an organization? After all, organizations are closed. They are stationary. They cannot move. Hence, they will be near the road, meaning near the road which leads to the spiritual world. They are standing where people are walking. Correct? Correct. A person, there is nothing bad about this. I'm not trolling religions, and by no means I'm offending believers, no. Just ponder. These are exactly the places similar to hotels on the road. Those who have traveled do know. When you are tired, you can enter a hotel to rest, regain strength, and move on. This is wonderful. This is, on the contrary, a praise, not criticism. This is precisely what a religious organization is. However, these organizations cannot move on their own because they are not soul-filled. This is true. It's an organization. Whereas, what is Alatra? It is people who are walking along this road and they can enter any of these hotels. Why? Because Alatra in itself, it doesn't divide anyone. It unites everyone in itself. And in our case, pardon me, people of various religions, denominations, and so on, gather together. And by no means do we promote, hey, your religion is bad, come to Alatra. Well, a person has come to Alatra. What religion can we talk about? Not any. We can just help and prompt the person how to find these grains in one or another holy scripture. 
to clear them of the chaff accumulated precisely through people's consciousness. And how indeed, following this road steadily and without wobbling, to get where a person is going. After all, the main purpose of any religions, the meaning of all religions, is attainment of life eternal. Everything else is, is already, pardon me, idle talk. The meaning of any religion, of any teaching is to gain life, life eternal. I mean spiritual teachings, isn't it so? And exactly here, Alatra is valuable. It is valuable because it unites all people. And people really begin to understand their religions more deeply. They really begin to understand, to love their prophets truly, don't they? Well, there occurs a side effect. They begin to understand that the theatricality which is going on, they begin to realize it. They begin to understand what is valuable and what is not valuable. Let's suppose again, we will return to the heavenly birds, to female groups, which we have told of. They begin to understand what is valuable in this and what is, let's say, extremely scary in male groups. And why? Because they don't strive for power, because power is given by Satan. And any power is extremely limited and temporary. And no matter how much a person fights for it, well, let's put it this way, he will never reach the peak of power. It's impossible because the peak of power in this dead world belongs to Satan. Let's say, to the strongest godfighter among... Well, although a godfighter, this isn't correct. A spirit fighter is correct. It's impossible to fight with God. All the more so, who is doing that? If we draw such a parallel, well, imagine an ant and an elephant. Well, and this is nothing in comparison, because the devil is actually a fantasy. Such a, you know, subtle picture which has flashed by, but this, again, I'm speaking allegorically, and which has existed for God for less than one instant. It's absolutely nothing. So, how can this picture fight with the one who just thought it up for a mere instant, his, the existence of this picture? So, going back to the heavenly birds, right? People start feeling all their value and importance. They begin to understand all the theatricality and posturing that is going on in religions. However, they don't stop loving those, let's say, significant places, or how should we call them correctly? Holy places. Well, to put it correctly, sign places. Well, such holy places, yes. For example, people perform the Hajj, right? It's a Muslim's duty, as it is stipulated. However, people who are in Alatra go there, and they know what these holy places are. Why? Because these places were actually worshipped a long, long time before Islam and they were treated with utmost respect, and they were always protected. Why? A simple question. Exactly because the gardens of the Alat sisters used to be there in their time, precisely of these heavenly birds whom we are talking about, and to whom consciousness of some people, well, those subordinate to the system, reacts so much. Also, some people blame Alatra for the fact that in Alatra, there is worship of the dead. Of Agapet of Pechersk. Yes, guys, 
Well, let's face the truth. How, pardon me, can a person who died thousand years ago be an object of worship? This is, well, how to put it? This is not even Haman. It's a, it's a mummy deceased a long time ago. Well, to worship it, well, this is idiocy, you see? Well, idiocy indeed. However, due to the fact that there are certain laws, when there is an active sign, I'll now explain what it is. Then at a certain turn of the spiral, it gets activated. This relates to all holy places. Well, out of all signs, perhaps the only constantly active one is Alatra. But we'll get back to this. Well, if we don't forget. We won't forget. Don't get carried away by talking. So at a certain moment of activation of this sign occurs, and something called a wormhole in physics is formed, a tunnel or something else. Well, so to say, a metaphysical manifestation of certain powers occurs. Or simply put, well, this may be called the powers of a lot. This cannot be called the Holy Spirit, literally, either. Well, and this cannot be called a lot. Let's say, a manifestation of such an enormous spiritual power, which can be physically felt by people who are near. They can feel it even physically, when they are tuned into it. Not to mention that they certainly feel it by means of perception through feelings. And the value of this power lies in the fact, yes, it is almost like prana, that one can get filled with it and can preserve it in oneself, and it really gives this charge. And people do feel this. A lot of people, thousands of people already feel this. Moreover, various experiments were conducted, which showed at the physical level that this really takes place. This also happens among other saints who are nearby, who are, well, many times weaker, not because they were not as holy or something else. Well, every sign has its place. And why do I say sign? Why do I call, pardon me, this mummy a sign? Because a body, if we look at it, well, let's say, from a higher dimension, is nothing but a certain sign. Well, in order to make it clear, an image, a sign, well, to make it clear. And if a body exists, then at a certain point of the spiral of time, there's this wormhole that will activate this sign. I'll explain now. By the way, this is very interesting topic. Very interesting. I believe it will be interesting to our friends. Activation of this sign occurs, and there is this manifestation which lasts. For instance, with Agapit, it lasts longer than with anyone else, not just those who are present there, but anyone in the whole world today. In the world. During seven days, and this gives people an opportunity to come into contact, not with the body, not with this corpse. Well, this, this is even disgusting, to be honest. But to come into contact with that which manifests itself nearby, thanks to this sign, and to get filled with this power. And this power precisely gives an opportunity, well, to overcome these imps in one's head easier. Meaning, this is strengthening of the angel in awakening. But again, who can perceive this? Only the one who is tuned to this frequency. And again, I'll repeat myself allegorically. We talked a little bit about this. Just imagine, a person who is spiritually tuned enters the one who is aspiring. What will he hear during such a manifestation? In allegorical sense, to hear, it's an image through feelings. It's impossible to hear this with ears. He will hear the song of angels because this very wormhole connects him with the spiritual world, right? And so, the person will hear the song of angels, which sounds there constantly. 
which fills him with this wonderful sounding, gives him powers, gives him inner spiritual freedom. Well, there enters a person in whose head a demon is active, and the demon enjoys listening to hard rock. Again, my friends, I don't have anything against hard rock, and in this case I use it well as an example of loud, so to say, Music. Music. Which drowns out feelings, yes. Yes, which drowns out something totally different. Well, will this person hear the song of angels? No, because he has headphones on. He is listening to hard rock performed by demons in his head. He enters, stays for a while. He won't understand at all why people have come here and what is happening to them, for there is nothing. There lies a corpse that died a long time ago. It's crowded. There's no air, right? Well, that's what consciousness will say. Who are all these people here? Well, at the very least, they are not quite normal mentally. Just as he has come with the demon in his head, so he has left. This happens too, and doesn't this happen when people come, pardon me, to Christ's tomb, right? Or doesn't this happen when people come, well, let's say to Mecca? Well, this does happen. At a certain time. After all, how does consciousness troll them afterwards? It will say, so, you've been to Mecca, you've performed the Hajj. So what? Well, Haji has been added to your name. You can boast about this. What have you actually obtained? Isn't that so, guys? Well, indeed, consciousness does troll people, absolutely so. And even while talking to many of our participants who have been there more than once, they say yes. They say, well, this is really so. This is really so. People don't change. Yet, why? Just because it is a lot of participants who know what should be done and when. After all, what has the system done? It has turned the inner work outward. And it turns out that a person, instead of really making an effort opposing the system, developing perception through feelings, and while at the activation of this sign of this place, getting filled with that power and becoming freer, stronger, happier, at last. Instead, consciousness takes everything out to an external ritual action. The person goes around, throws stones, and performs some kind of rites. But this external action is done to whose dictation? Satan's. Of course. What will he get? Nothing. What he has come with, yes. Is what he has left with. In addition, he pardoned me, well, this is not cheap, so to say. And may I ask such a question exactly regarding manifestation of a sign? After all, when there was a discussion of Agapet of Pechersk, that people can feel him during manifestation of the sign, and this actually happens not just near the relics, but people are able to feel this in any part of the world precisely during these seven days. How does this happen? The point is that when a sign manifests itself, well, this is sort of, we've been talking about the light, and in order to make it clear, it's like a turned-on spotlight. And when you are in the area of this light, you perceive this very strongly. Whereas remote perception, yes, it is possible, but it is much weaker. And so, why do people perform the Hajj to Mecca? In order to be present there and to get filled with this light. You see, the same is true with Agapit and with other holy places, where activation of a sign takes place meaning the highest concentration is exactly in that place. Yet, when a person is on the same wave, he is able to feel everywhere, but it just won't be as strong, right? So… He can feel, but what about getting filled? 
the entire point here is in filling up. After all, when a person performs the Hajj to Mecca and he feels this spiritually, just like many of our participants now, for they come and they are filled with that for a whole year. This song of angels sounds in them, it, it overflows in them, and this follows them in their life as a background. And they cannot, well, lose this feeling anymore. Well, no matter what demons whisper in their heads, they feel and hear something different. And in this case, they certainly become free, free from the beast dictatorship in their heads. Well, although it is certainly possible to feel, yes, well, such a power is felt anyway. After all, our sphere is actually very small and everything is enclosed in it. Naturally, manifestations, any power manifestations here, are felt very strongly. However, filling up, well, of course, takes place where there is activation. Igor Mihailovich, and could you explain, well, perhaps somehow allegorically or more clearly for our viewers, how does the opening of this portal take place? Well, this is elementary. By the way, again, regarding that very, people perform the Hajj regarding that place, since the group of the heavenly birds, of the Alat sisters, was there in the past. This place is a sign in itself, and it really gets activated when a coincidence on the spiral occurs. This is considered to be a small spiral. It's an annual cycle. Well, it is a little stretched because, well again, it's an interesting topic, well, but a different one. And so, activation of the sign takes place. A person is also a sign. Places where very remarkable events happened are also signs. Signs can be good and bad, and they can really influence in both a good and a bad way. And many people have noted that, many feel this, and so on. By the way, I can also share an interesting example. I recalled it literally today, during a conversation with the guys. So, knowing this, but having already lost it all a little, that which I'm talking about now, people in Egypt started embalming these corpses, making mummies of them. Mummies. Yes, and hiding them. Why? Because this coming back of a person, after all, subpersonality comes back too. But here's what is interesting. A subpersonality, its cycle goes from life to life. And when there is a transition from a body to a body, a subpersonality returns to its body if it hasn't decomposed. That's why from time immemorial, a very long time ago, the practice of burning of bodies started. Or a body, let's say, was given to wild animals to be eaten in order for the body to be processed. If a body has remained, it's like a sign. And at every leap, the subpersonality will bounce back and forth and get activated. But, and it will be noticeable. Knowing this, noticing and noting it, in those times in Egypt, when they started doing that, having forgotten the essence itself, they started embalming bodies. Supposedly, this prolongs life. Well, they believe since the soul returns, this means that it lives. And the longer we keep preserving the body, the longer the person whom we have embalmed will live there. Well, just imagine how it was all turned upside down. By the way, here is an interesting point, which confirms this. This happened a long time ago. My friend, Father John, God rest his soul, was still alive. Well, those who have read the books do know. Well, and it so happened that, anyway, he came to us and he was already a priest. He came and said, listen, he said, in my village, something interesting is happening. You'll like it. He said, it's obviously something. I said, okay, come on, John, tell us. To drop everything and go somewhere, especially since the weekend was coming. 
He said, guys, there will be fishing. Well, as usual, there had to be something tempting. I said, well, okay, if you need this, then first tell us what this is about. He said, well, we've got this situation in a family in our village. A four-year-old child suddenly began to be afraid of walking through one room. He said, they visited psychologists and all, and they have the exit there. And it turns out, in order for the child to go outside, for instance, or to enter the house, well, there's no way, it's impossible to go around this entrance room. Or they called it somehow, interestingly, the mud room, I believe. The mud room. Right? And so you cannot round it. He said, yeah, the child is very scared. He said, could you come and take a look? He said, I enter and feel, well, such negativity, but I don't know much about it. He's a good guy, but for his development, it was enough for him that he didn't go further. And he was right about that. So, we went there, and Andreevich, and also Stas, a friend of ours, we went fishing and thought, well, we'll go see it as well. It's actually interesting. We arrived indeed, a house, well, an ordinary rural family, a grandmother, a father, normal such a sensible man, not an alcoholic or anything, a nice wife, two kids, and all that. One girl was a little older, about eight years old, and that younger one, and there was no way for her, if they picked her up, they could carry her through. But she wouldn't go on her own. And what is a village? People are busy, there's a lot to do. Besides, it was summertime, there was garden work and everything. While the child, to carry her back and forth, and a child is constantly wanting to go either home or outside. This is sort of, well, and there was something frightening. Why was the child actually so terrified? Clearly, when we entered, some presence was really felt. Yet, how could we show and explain this to people? Here we came upon such an interesting thing. Well, Andreevich suggested, he said, let's take a cat, because cats do feel indeed. Why in Egypt were cats? In temples. Again, yes, I started talking about mummies and hence I recalled cats. So, we caught a cat and placed it in the room. It wouldn't go out. Even someone else's cat was afraid. It was rushing about, but well, didn't go through the mudroom. Well, we thought it was afraid because we were standing at the exit. We left completely. The cat wouldn't go out. It was afraid. We caught it and carried it outside. The neighbors gathered and started catching their cats. The cats wouldn't go. Like four of them were brought in there, but they wouldn't go out. Well, it was obvious. Such a thing. Well, the house owner said, guys, but it's all good. He said, but what should we do? So Andreevich, well, we had to explain to them somehow. He said, we need a vine. We need a dowsing rod. Well, they found a vine and immediately gave him the rod. Well, he liked those dowsers. Well, people did need some explanation. So he searched, found the spot and said, here, there's something down here. He said, you need to dig here. Well, the owner said, but how come? He said, we've been living here for so many years. There was nothing. And now something is here? Why should we dig in this spot? Andreevich said, if you don't want to, don't dig. But I'm telling you, until you dig it out, he said, right here, there will be such a problem. Well, he took the hit because we were standing there also thinking how to explain this to people in a civilized manner. Well, Andreevich was the most experienced person among us who had been living twice as long as we had at that time, I mean. So he came up with such a way out. While they remained behind to think we went fishing at Father John's invitation. Well, and as soon as we laid out the tackles and got ready to fish, a boy on a bicycle came. He said, Father, come immediately. He said, they started digging and there is such a, such a... So we jumped into the cars and drove there. Indeed, as they started digging and had dug about 70 centimeters and there was a child's body. Well, the remains, bones, hair, even the body sort of half mummified. Well, the soil there was really so. Clay in the place was dry. And these remains were exactly there. 
Well, Andreevich looked at this situation as an experienced person, since he used to be a forensic medicine expert for a long time, as well as in this field in general. Knowing how the system would work, he said, what can you do? You have to call the police as soon as possible, he said to the guys, if anyone asks, you don't know me. Just, he said, a psychic acquaintance. A man in the street told you I was a psychic. So you, he said, brought me here. He got into his car and, well, a police detail came. They looked, so a corpse child. Who found it? And what is usually the first reaction? Well, how? People came from somewhere. Right. And found a corpse. Only the one who buried it knows that it is here. Well, how can it be explained otherwise? And so on. And here it hit us that basically Andreevich, knowing they would say that, and to avoid a long explanation that he was not the one, he just drove off. Well, we certainly wouldn't tell about him. But people got ahead of us and said, there was a doctor so-and-so here, a person widely known in small circles. While some of them went to get him, an expert group came, those who ran investigations, and these experts started digging and said, oh no, wait, they said the corpse is actually no less than a hundred years old. So what does this mean? And why have I told you this story? These remains are a sign. And when a cycle, a transfer takes place, meaning, well, a subpersonality lives in a person's body, and the person dies, and they are again inside a new subpersonality. They get reborn. In this moment of transition, what people call purgatory in religions and so on, it turns out that at this time it gets activated. A connection with the body occurs. And so why in ancient times did they burn bodies or otherwise destroy them? Like we've already mentioned in the examples with the Egyptian mummies. Meaning this is such a significant example from life. Well, this is true. This is certainly interesting, but... It's also interesting, we have touched upon this topic and subpersonalities. I'd also like to talk about a name and an image. After all, information has been given by prophets from time immemorial. Again, we go back to Egypt. Everyone believed that pharaohs were such egoists, such arrogant men, just like modern people are, that only their names had to be there. While in actual fact, what is the phenomenon of name and image in this case? Knowing a name and an image, magic will work. If there is no either name or image, magic doesn't work. Meaning, it's impossible, because the sign must be addressed. There is no other way to influence. Let me give a simple example, okay? People come in the firm belief that all this works. Well, I'll give such a simple example. A relative has got sick, a person wants to help him, and he actually professes a certain religion. He trusts it, performs everything, and he writes a note with the name of his relative so that they would pray for his health. And he goes home with a sense of having fulfilled this duty. Let's consider the mechanism. Even if this is so, one or two dozen notes are accumulated over the day. And, indeed, some pious monk performs the prayer in good faith and mentions these names. Guys, e even magic doesn't work this way. Why? Because this monk doesn't know those people. He doesn't have this image. Well, they believe that God knows everything. Guys, well, for God, this world, I would say, well, basically, he doesn't need it. He needs for you, guys, to get liberated spiritually and to come to the spiritual world. 
This is what God needs. Whereas to spy on each person, what everyone does here, to look under your blankets, and to rummage in your dirty laundry, this is the lot of Satan, not of God. It's just so you understand. And naturally, no one except Satan hears this, whispering of even the most pious monk. Well, and even Satan cannot help. Why? There is no image. There is no emotional input. Absolutely right. And therefore, in order to leave the subpersonality of a former pharaoh without feed, his name was removed, and his face image was mared. After all, at that time, they still had an understanding that subpersonality is fed with what? With attention. They carved images, and an image was carved, so it would look similar and a name. And when a person is looking at a statue, knows the name, and recalls the pharaoh's deeds, which are written there as well, he unwittingly invests the power of his attention, and a part of this attention goes to subpersonality, and it feels relief. We had programs in the invisible world. We told how this works. Those who'd like to can watch. This is a fact. This is really so. And so, another pharaoh comes and just breaks his statue or erases his names. And that's it. And thus he leaves his predecessor without feed. Well, such they are to the dictation of consciousness. Easily and simply. Of course, they do mischief. Igor Mihailovich, you know, today we are discussing a lot of stereotypes of consciousness in people's heads. I'd also like to talk on the topic of regarding the worship of various holy scriptures. That's an interesting subject, too. But again, what is a holy scripture? Let's figure this out. After all, a holy scripture is exactly what? It has to be a record of what a prophet said who brought the truth here, right? However, we've already said that out of what they brought, no more than two grains have remained anywhere. Even these two grains are extremely valuable and important. This is so valuable that it gives life to those who really live by this and who search. But again, when were these scriptures written? Were they actually written by heavenly angels or with a prophet's hand? No, they were written by people, right? Where? On paper or doesn't matter, on parchment, on whatever. Right. They were written by people. And what is valuable and important? The information. Yes. However, people praise the Holy Scripture so much that God forbid to place it on a wrong shelf. God forbid to put it in the wrong place. Again, what is happening? A transfer of the inner value of the content to an external factor. After all, that very Bible, amendments to it were made 1500 times, commas were changed and so on. Well, well, guys, you have to grow up, you see. And again, well, let's take a latra, okay? Well, we sort of should, if we are called sectarians, it should be the Holy Scripture for us. The information in it, yes, it is valuable. And what else? Well, paper. If you don't need it, for God's sake, you can prop up whatever you want with it. What will change because of that? Paper is paper. A corpse is a corpse. Well, it's another matter that this works. Again, what is a latra? It contains, let's say, coordinates for the route, how to get from point A to point B. Well, such a GPS, right? A navigator. In the same way you can use this GPS navigator, for instance, in your gadget or in your phone, say you need to get from this point to that one, and in order for you not to wander around, you go from this point to that one. Is this information valuable? Valuable. It is valuable, right? Especially if this point leads to life eternal. However, does the gadget play any role here? 
the gadget isn't actually worshipped, is it? It is not praised. Well, yes, let's start worshipping a piece of metal. Well, in the same way, let's enter the Holy Scripture books and let's praise your tablet. Let's place it... Well, everyone has their traditions. Here also, I would put it this way. Here everyone treats the Scripture respectfully in different ways. It's just that some people also have such an understanding. However, this understanding is, again, imposed. If I treat this Holy Scripture disrespectfully, this means I will treat God disrespectfully. You will treat God disrespectfully? My friend, when you don't fulfill the Scripture, yet who of you fulfills it? We won't discuss religions on purpose, because I immediately have, you know, sort of... Well, my memory is arranged, in order to make it clear, sort of like a library, right? And so, there are certain sections where certain books are kept. And so, books start opening, and a lot of books have immediately come up regarding what is being done contrary to the Holy Scriptures. Not even contrary to the words of the prophets, but contrary to what is written in the Scriptures. While people in those very religions, no, not in sects, but in religions, okay? Act contrary to what they wrote themselves. Why? Because times change. And these little clauses become extremely inconvenient. Whereas, just go ahead and remove them and live in peace for heaven's sake. That would be honest. Igor Mihailovich, I would also like... The most important thing is what? It is honesty. Sincerity and honesty. And freedom. Sincerity and honesty. Directness and love, yes. Directness and love. Absolutely right. Religions, in fact, I talked about this many times and I'm talking about it sincerely. Despite the fact that they took away so many lives, they have preserved the society too. If they didn't exist, there would be no morality at all. There would be nothing. Well, isn't that so? Yes, they were the cause of wars and various turmoil. But at the same time, they gave people an understanding of at least some morality, at least some restrictive factor. Well, quite a lot of people who really comprehended these religions, and there are actually grains in them, gained life and freedom those who didn't play at religion, but who actually strove for God. After all, the religious world is also divided. Those who, pardon me, use religion just as a job, as a business, and, and those who really strive for God and live by these laws. Igor Mihailovich, a question regarding the sign already sounds in my head. In the beginning of the program, you said that we'll come back to the Alatra sign. So I've told about certain signs, right? While the Alatra sign is a sign which works constantly. Why? It's not included in this. Well, in the time spiral, so to say, to make it clear, it is beyond it. And why from time immemorial was it considered to be God's love or God's power and the like? Because it is really a sign that represents manifestation of God's power, right? It was also regarded, for example, by the first Christians as one of the signs that the Holy Spirit manifest. Yes, it was designated. So, well, there are a lot of such. Yep, why is it constant? Well, let's figure out how signs work. May I give such a simple... Let's carry out a mental experiment in order to make this clear. Guys, let's imagine. Here is a simple sign, for instance, just like I've been telling about this girl who died and then a subpersonality got activated. Our example of Agapit. So, why does activation of these signs occur? We have already explained, well, for visual understanding, let's imagine such a drum. 
Everyone knows what a drone looks like, made of dense, dark paper. Inside it, the paper isn't transparent. Inside it, a little LED is on, and there's a thin slit on its side, right on its side surface, a very thin slit. This drum has the property of rotation, but it is placed in a very dark box, which is also non-transparent. And on one of its sides, there is a very thin slit. And so, when we place this drum into this dark box, we turn off the light. It is dark in our room. We see, we look through this slit, it is dark. The dark side of the drum is facing us. And when a turn of the spiral occurs, and at a certain moment, when this slit cut in the drum coincides with this slit cut in the box in which the drum is placed, what do we see at a certain time? The light radiated by this LED. That opens the portal of this. Absolutely right. Opening of the portal, meaning alignment of certain conditions, makes the light of the LED visible. While here, perception through feelings of this very light that gives life fills a person. That's a simple sign. And what is Alatra? In order to understand Alatra, I would conduct such a mental experiment. Imagine that we are in a room where there are a lot of bright lights, and all of them are painted in blue, yellow, green, in diverse colors, in red. And for instance, we have a little LED on the table which radiates a white light. So, the bright lights of various colors, if we look cursorily, we won't see because they will be reflected on this LED. And we won't see its white light. In order for us to see it, we need what? Just to focus. That is, to invest the power of our attention into this LED, and we will see that it radiates white light, although there are different colors around. Why? Because we have focused. Having excluded the rest, we've started seeing the white light. That's how Alatra gets activated as well. Meaning, if we direct our attention to it, attention intensifies it and brings it back in a much greater amount than we have invested there. Super. Right. And in addition, Alatra has a very interesting feature. If we invest evil into it, evil doesn't return. Well, a bad thought, negative attention, but if we activate this Alatra sign with something positive, the positive returns. That's the kind of a portal, well, of course we can explain this from a physical perspective. Why? Because we won't get into it. Well, let's give a simple example of what was observed and what was observed repeatedly. People have already conducted a lot of experiments when a sign was literally drawn on a paper. Well, how can it affect people, right? So it was hung in the institutions, where there were scandals, where there were quarrels, where there were people in general. And a distinct change was observed, meaning it also affects to the point of neutralizing negativity. Well, a color spectrum also plays a role here as well. Many other such points, because a sign is a sign, they should be treated with respect. Igor Mihailovich, in addition, regarding the fact that red color also prevails in the Alatra movement, I'd like to talk about this because, for many, red color is already associated... Well, with a threat, right? With a threat, yes, with... Yes, it's a threat for the system, and the system personifies it. It is also associated with the color of blood or something else. That's wrong. That's not true. In the previous program, Night of the Spirit, right? We also talked about the Maltese cross, that it can be red, black, or white. 
Meaning, these are the main colors, and these main colors were used. If we look into antiquity, these were the main colors in painting. Why? Because from time immemorial, black color has been associated with the night or hell, with demonic forces. White color has been associated with the day, with the spiritual world, with the zenith of the sun, while red color is always associated with the times of changes, meaning it's either sunrise or sunset. Whereas sunrise or sunset, it depends on people's choice. Therefore, red has always been the color of the times of changes. And we've talked exactly about the cross of the nights of changes, and it is always red. Igor Mihailovich, just now, we mentioned the night of changes, and there is also this point, consciousness of many people, consciousness of many people when it comes to the one who comes in the end times, Maitreya, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Consciousness actually requires certain evidence to believe the one who comes in the end times. Consciousness always requires prove it. If you prove it to me, I'll believe in you. If I believe in you, I'll be… this, you know… I'll digress a bit and then answer your… All right. Well, the question is actually interesting. A person got sick with a fatal disease. A doctor comes and brings medication. He says, Doctor, if you prove to me that you are a doctor, I'll believe in you. I'll take from your hands the medication that will save my life. Well, right. What do you think? The doctor being guided by the same program that you are guided by in your head, what will he tell you? In medicine, one cannot do without humor. They say, the most cheerful people in medicine are pathologists. But to answer seriously after this joke, I would say as follows. Regarding, let's say, the end times, it would be easier for a person to believe him. You should believe your prophets, my friends, and fulfill what they entrusted you with. This is right. This is important. And whether you believe Maitreya, Mahdi, the Comforter, no matter what you call him, or don't believe him, nothing will change. However, if he doesn't believe in you, for you it will make a difference. And the difference is huge. Don't confuse the prophets with, well, how do they say it? The angel of the apocalypse, right? These are different things. A prophet comes in order to put people, like little children, on the right track. He comes and brings love. He comes in order to sacrifice himself for people. Well, so, well, this is really so. Whereas here, the situation is totally different. Here, the question is whether he will believe in people or not. But whether people believe in him or not, well, this doesn't influence anything in any way, at least for him. Meaning, now it's a totally different time when perhaps every person must prove on their own that he or she is a human first and foremost, in order for the spiritual world to believe in him or her. Absolutely right. It's time for humanity to mature, to become adults instead of remaining children in playing the belief or disbelief game. Just now you have recalled the subject of Godfighters too. After all, it is interesting how this Godfighting scheme actually works. Godfighters always make it look like they're in the middle of action. These are slaves. These are egoists. Well, again, why? Well, in actual fact, this is, frankly speaking, 
I pity them a lot because they don't feel and don't know who they are. They perceive themselves. It's a banal directive from the system, just such a little demon playing pranks in them. Well, it seems to them that at, at that, no, all of them consider themselves very clever, well-educated, only this three-dimensionality exists, and yet they all run to religions, to magic, to some NLP and, what is it called, Reiki, or wherever, and they show themselves everywhere. Why? Because they seek power. Yet, why doesn't Alatra suit them? Everything is simple. Everything is open. There is no power. No one exalts their personas. And people clearly feel. No one is buzzing about them, and people feel lies and hypocrisy coming from them, and how they manipulate people. Today's Alatra is part of me, not that Alatra which existed a couple years ago. Today, literally within a short time span, we have got a lot of people who have indeed learned to feel, with whom it's possible to just have a conversation regardless of distance. And you don't even have to open your mouth at that. Well, is this really bad? This is marvelous. Well, those ones cannot do that, and they feel offended. After all, it's important when a person reveals something inside himself, first and foremost, when he begins to understand that he is not consciousness, that he has something valuable and important in him, when he understands the world structure in a completely different way, when he understands that this entire, well, extremely significant reality in which he exists turns out to be not so real after all, and it turns out that out of the entire spectrum, of the enormous wide spectrum of life we see, we are located just on one very thin band. Well, I don't know, say, whether the spectrum is visible to our viewers. Just look how many bands are here. This yes. is human life. This world in which we exist, the world in this sphere, I emphasize, we are not talking about the spiritual world. We exist here, now. And our entire three-dimensional existence is contained in this one very, very thin. I, I have even chosen not the thinnest one. I'm quite gracious to this world. This is such a band, see, not this wide one, but this very thin one. That's what it is. As for all this, we don't see it. And this is really so. And when a person starts revealing the adjacent bands, and when it's not his consciousness that expands to omniscience under Satan's directives, but his understanding does, when his inner spiritual eyes open, that's when it becomes much more interesting and wonderful. Whereas consciousness does what? It dictates illusions and generates images. Igor Mihailovich, indeed, what you are now saying about the fact that so many, that Alatra is different now, and that there are so many people who feel each other, and today we also have the program going on. Not that Alatra is different. People are growing, they are developing. But people are more mature. They are growing in this love of theirs. And, you know, this lively response, such a sincere joy and gratitude, are now felt throughout this entire program. Because, well, throughout this entire program there is a... You know, why else? Because thousands of people are now with us. And this is felt. One big family is felt. Dear, close people are felt. All this is just felt. After all, such notion as space and time, all this is relative, and it's important. It's extremely important for the dead, meaning for consciousness. Consciousness is limited in time. It is always tied to space. It is always in movement. While human personality, when it gains freedom, 
It drops out of the cycle of both time and movement. It starts living. And this is felt. And today there is just such a great flow and such gratitude to the spiritual world for such a generous gift, for such a... But there was no gift yet. By the way, regarding the gift, since we've talked about perception through feelings, we've touched upon signs and many other things. Well, I have a proposal for those who live by consciousness, for whom Alatra is unpleasant. Guys, put a dislike under our video and turn off your gadgets, because what will follow is not for you. Well, for our friends, dear and close ones, let's say there is a little proposal. In one of the programs, we talked about the call of Mahdi, which is felt. Right. I told you how to go through. You just need to focus on the beating of your heart, that is, to close your eyes, to calm down, as soon as you have felt the beat, the heart rhythm, you should descend deeper to the solar plexus, and there you will hear a totally different rhythm. You remember, don't you? Well, those who watch the program do remember, and so on. I have a little proposal. In order to really feel something much greater, so let's just all together, Right now, while we are watching, I'm saying once again, consciousness immediately divides. How can it be? I'm watching the program at 9 a.m., while someone will watch it at midnight. Guys, it's for consciousness that there is time and there is space. Whereas for us, there is now. And this now always unites everyone. A little proposal. Let's go again to the call of Mahdi, which a lot of people started feeling not so long ago. And let's try to feel not only this call inside us, but to feel it outwardly. Meaning, let's just feel each other. To put it simply, and what will this do? This will intensify it. A simple suggestion. We close our eyes, we calm down, Guys, just to relax and to focus, we sort of lower our inner gaze inside our chest. Our task is simple, to hear the beating of our heart. Once we have heard and felt how our heart is beating, we descend a little lower to the solar plexus area, like during the lotus practice. And this rhythm, which is softer and freer, we will simply intensify it and will unite with everyone, literally, in unity for one minute.
Thank you, friends. And it would be wonderful for everyone if at some wonderful moment all the people in this sphere, on this planet, would be able to unite in this rhythm. Everyone, even those whom consciousness has enslaved for now and in whom it has started to resist, while those who have stopped listening to hard rock, they actually heard that which has united all of us. That would be wonderful. And do you know what would happen then? Then there would be Islam all over the world. Islam in its purest form, such as it was entrusted to people by the last prophet. And do you know what would happen then? Then, the greatest of the prophets would be free to lower his arm. He would no longer need his sword. I believe this is exactly that meaning for the sake of which all of us have gathered here. Let's love each other, guys. What can be more valuable than love? Just, let's just love each other.